deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. All right, everybody, welcome back to Leading Off. Ryan Lewis, our podcast on the Cleveland Indians. That's right. After a long, extended, extra spring break, extra summer break, we are back here on the podcast. This, of course, is Dan Kadar from the Beacon Journal. And as the name of the podcast implies, I'm joined by Ryan Lewis, our Indians beat writer. Ryan, how the heck have you been? I've been all right. We should have, like, Back in Black. Like the ACDC uh, song? Intro. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm yes. wearing black socks right now, so... Same. All right, that, that, we'll count that. That That's us, just two guys we'll wearing black socks. <laughs> Doing a podcast. <laughs> that's right. Um, so, Ryan, the, the, the season obviously is, is well underway at this point as we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon on, what is it, August 12th. The Indians are 10-8, and 8, so they're you know approaching a third of the way through a 60-game season. We, we really wanted to do a podcast, and we wanted to do one before a whole bunch of wacky Indians news kind of happened. So today we're, we're kind of going, we're going to go through some of what's been happening uh, to Cleveland baseball right now. And, and that for us right now is, you know, what, what's going on with Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger. It's gonna, we're going to talk about Terry Francona's health a little bit. Um, and then we're going to talk about the Indians' offense, some too. You know, Ryan, if we if we talked about if we did one of these a few weeks ago, our topic du jour would be the team name stuff. But boy, we're just in the meat of the season now, aren't we? It's really strange that like a little over a week and a half, we'll be at the midway point of the season. Yeah, basically a month left. It's it's this very strange convergence of it's so early in the season but it's so late in the year um, so I think the teams, writers, everybody we're still kind of grappling with that and trying to kind of get a hold on that it's just it's a strange thought mm-hmm. everything is extremely accelerated in baseball you know every time we recorded a podcast last year you had to talk me off the ledge a little bit you know with a this is a long marathon and you can't overreact but um i am i am going to overreact to some stuff i think <laughs> later on when we talk about the offense but we, the, yeah you can react 2.6 times what your normal rate would be well as, the, a, as an, a, an acceptable rate the emotion is really going to come out of my voice at a <laughs> 2.6 higher rate um when we get to the offense talk but you know, let, let's start with this pitching situation. What's happening, with Zach Plesac and and Mike Clevenger? You know, the the quick recap is Zach Plesac went out with some friends while they were in Chicago because he's from nearby, um, and he got busted. Quite frankly, so the Indians sent him home in a car. Uh, Mike Clevenger 
also went out but didn't disclose that. And then he flew with the team, of course, putting them at risk for exposure to the coronavirus potentially. Um, and now everybody seems to be angry at Mike Clevenger. And, you know, probably justly so. Um, a lot of players talked about it. Terry Francona talked about it. The Indians had a team-only meeting about it. Um, they had a, excuse me, a players-only meeting. They had a full team meeting with the front office, the whole thing. And then, you know, after Tuesday night's game, Adam Plutko really came out publicly and kind of put these guys on, on blast. What, what is your take on where this situation is at currently? Yeah, so we, I mean, we, we've heard from Shane Bieber, Lindor, Plucko, Tito, and Antonetti on, on this issue, um, or at least on the, the Plesek issue, which came out first. Mm-hmm. And it really, kind of the, the theme here, um, you know, we've gotten a, some varied responses, but the general theme is that, you know, I think it's been viewed as a, as a pretty selfish act, that they went out and put themselves at a slightly higher risk. They put the clubhouse at a slightly higher risk. They put the Indians' season, or at least the next couple of weeks, um, at some additional risk. And we've seen how you know the Marlins and the Cardinals have had outbreaks that have just completely wrecked havoc on the league schedule. Um, there are teams that are a handful of games behind and having to try to make them up, and it's it's thrown pitchers off their routines, hitters have lost rhythm through it. Because uh, when you're not playing for that long, it's, it's difficult to kind of stay like in that line, um, you know. And the the Indians have preached, you know, to you know to a person since summer camp started about personal responsibility and accountability, and that they wanted to keep everything in house. They didn't want to be told by the league that they had to do things. They wanted to just have the responsibility themselves to do it. Uh, Clevenger is you know was one of the guys that that kind of preached that. Uh, you know, he said that. Uh, you know, they didn't want it to be a, a run to daddy thing. They wanted to handle it in house, keep each other accountable. Um, so I think it's been viewed as, you know, especially with the rotation being baseball's best to this point in the year. Um, you know, one after another, uh, they've just been not only consistent, but Shane Bieber is among, if not the Cy Young favorite. Uh, you know, as as we're talking today, Zach Plesac had a phenomenal start as a, as a number five starter, and just one through five, they've been solid. And, and Plucko, um, you know, actually even last night, you know, Plucko didn't, uh, you know, last two going into the game, but he's been he's been solid too as as the sixth, uh, and he's been put into some difficult situations, uh, and and ha- having to make a spot start. The first one was due to rain. And the second one was due to Mike Clevenger. And the Indians had their their streak of, uh, um, in every game, only allowing three runs snapped last night. Uh, they were uh, only a few short of the modern record. And, you know, that's pretty much a direct result of Clevenger uh, doing what he did, which pushed Plucko into starting, which pushed the bullpen into action sooner than normal. Uh, you know, it was just kind of that domino effect. Uh, but with, with Plicko's comments last night, basically saying, you know, they, they hurt us, they lied to us, um, and he mentioned, you know, the term grown-ass men, that they're going to have to kind of earn that trust back. And they're going to have to prove to the rest of the clubhouse that they're, they are going to take this seriously and that they are um, 
remorseful for what happened because I, I, I think it's been viewed as everybody else was in this together and everybody else was doing what they're supposed to do even though it's not enjoyable to be in, be in the hotel room or you know, at the stadium absolutely all day not doing anything enjoyable which is you know, obviously what a lot of people are experiencing um, outside of baseball. But I think it's been viewed as just what everybody in the clubhouse has been trying to follow those rules and then these two guys do this and now you know they've put themselves at a higher risk they've put you know they've thrown the rotation off kilter a little bit and it's just kind of this domino effect where it was an unnecessary risk and an unnecessary variable that had to be added so you know Pleco said what he did uh, you know Tito said that this one kind of hurts you know to see um, Antonetti simply said that uh, you know they just acknowledged that protocols were broken but you know his tone he, he, he sounded pretty frustrated um, you know that this is something that has to be dealt with Polko was very open last night um, in, a, in, a, in a second response talking about how it's a distraction that you know he didn't put last night's game 100% on this but it is something that they had to deal with um, you know there are there are consequences um, you know to the team as well as to Clemenger and Plesak. Um so this has kind of been viewed as a uh, some broken trust, and Clevenger and Plesak will have to try to earn that back over time by at least proving that they're serious about it and they're serious about the things that they've said. Um, but for the, you know, for the time being, I think it, it does sound like there's some frustration within the Indians clubhouse that you know this this has become an issue and become a variable. You know, as they're trying to get the lineup going in there, you know, they're trying to ensure that they're going to get one of those eight playoff spots, and uh, now it's just something to deal with. Yeah, it really is, and you know we'll we'll see ultimately what the direct fallout is from it. I mean, if if the Indians start getting these positive cases of coronavirus, like we you know we saw with the Cardinals, for instance, it just kind of slowly started morphing for them, where it was you know th- three or four people at first, and and it just kept going outward and outward and outward. Hopefully that, that's not the case here, but we we won't know until you know it it really it it really gets tested and you know we find out. But um, so the fallout from that part of it is I think to be determined. But Ryan, you know you you talked about what Plutko had to say, and before we started recording, I told you that I I was happy to hear it, you know, but. It's not often you hear, you know, teammates being so publicly critical of of another teammate. Um, do you think that was the right move by Plutko to be so open with the media? Do you think it'll cause any division in the clubhouse? Because I I, I cannot remember a a teammate coming out so strongly negatively about the actions of another teammate. Obviously it's a different time right now with, with a pandemic going on, but is there going to be any kind of Plutko fallout? Is there going to be division in the clubhouse? Do you think, or is it just, you know, everybody said their piece and now they'll, they'll move on. Maybe it depends on how accepting club and please take seem or sound when they you know when they do return to the team um, so it's Wednesday they're going to be tested today if they test negative the Indians have the option of letting them rejoin the team they could also 
have them wait 24 hours to make sure that they test negative again before we introducing them into that environment. But um, I, you know, I don't think what Pleco or, or Shane Bieber have said, and you know, Bieber, Bieber essentially said that um, you know they 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 messed up, they screwed up. Uh, you know, they no one's really tried to kind of soften the blow. They've all acknowledged that this was a a pretty severe screw up. Um, so I think if if anything were to affect anything like that for a short period of time or, or whatever, I don't I don't think that Plucko saying it would do it. I think it would be the action that did it. Um, you know that that frustration is already there, so whether or not it showed, I don't think it's really going to have much, much of an impact. Um, but you know it it may come just come across as how genuine those two guys sound. I mean I don't I don't know if this will be anything permanent. Um, I don't think we need to get in, into the science, and Chris Antonetti didn't want to get into the science of it, but sure. he did cite that because it had been so quickly uh, between the incident and Clevenger traveling home with the team, the odds of actually being infectious and passing it are extremely low. It's more of the principle that, you know, Plesak was sent home in a car on Sunday, and Clevenger uh, apparently did not come forward at that time. So I think that's part of the issue here. Um, it isn't the actual risk. It's kind of the principle and the potential risk on, on top of that. Right. So uh, I, I don't think anything that's been said would, would be seen as unwarranted, and I don't think it's, it's going to ignite anything further than where it would be just through the actions. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see you know, what comes next for that, and of course Ryan will have all the coverage of it. Um, on Twitter, he's at by Ryan Lewis, of course, and you can find all of his stuff over at beaconjournal.com slash Indians. But one, you know, switching gears here, Terry Francona returned to the Indians. He was gone for eight games you know, due to health reasons, some gastrointestinal issues, um, and he returned and uh, in the fashion that I think most of us have become accustomed to, uh, he is extremely honest, and uh, he had he has some jokes, and he tells it like it is, uh, which, which is great. And he's obviously, you know, one of baseball's all-time great managers, and I, I think he's done wonderful things for Cleveland, Ryan, but. Boy, this this sounds pretty scary. If you ask me, again, we we don't have to get into the hardcore science of uh, health issues, but boy, this, this sounds pretty dire, doesn't it? I, I think. Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I I know that Tito, you know, hates that. You know, there has to be attention on his health, and yeah, you know, I think that's probably why he just kind of jokes about it while also kind of recognizing that, you know, we're, they're, they're trying to get stuff done. Um, but he's been dealing it with it for close to a year and he's, he's managed through it. He's managed through a number of other things that have probably made some days not as enjoyable as, you know, they could be. Um, so they, it just finally got to the point in Minnesota that they felt like the better course of action was to take some time away and really address it and try to try to figure stuff out rather than him having to kind of grind through it. And um, I, whether it's something that will continue uh, is really unclear, and I, I, I wouldn't want to speculate sure. or anything like that. But he, you know, he said that they're going to give it a go. Um, they're going to try to make it work. Um, 
you know, I think it did show that the Indians, you know, depth on the coaching staff was put to the test, not only from Tito, but uh, Tyvin Berkeley opted out of the season mm-hmm. uh, due to some, some, some health concerns and uh, family circumstance. Um, the Indians were already without bench coach Brad Mills. So they've been shifting responsibilities um, for, for quite a while, and especially over the last week or two. You know, they've really had to kind of stretch that depth and, and bring other people in and move some people around. And uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. was um, really applauded from both Antonetti and Tito for the job that he did. The collaborative effort that, that Alan Moore put forth, even though Tito said he has complete trust in him to do whatever he wants but without asking. You know, he doesn't have to do anything. Um, so, you know, the, the Indians had, had it covered, um, and whether it becomes an issue, I guess it, it just, it's just up to you know, how, how that condition goes and if, if what they tried to do this past week works. Um, but, you know, Tito's, he's, he, he's managed there quite a bit already. Um, and, you know, he's back now, and so that, you know, the Indians are just going to keep going and probably taking it day by day. Would you like to hear my crazy, harebrained Indians manager theory? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, when, when the Indians hired Terry Francona, he, he, he had health issues then, and he's, you know, kind of had health issues, you know, here and there throughout his tenure, which sucks. It, it Health issues suck. But I, I've wondered... You know, several years ago, what, three or four years ago, something like that, um, Sandy Alomar's name came up as a potential manager elsewhere. I want to say maybe Chicago. Um, But he's obviously still in Cleveland. So, Ryan, my crazy harebrained theory is that Sandy Alomar is kind of like the the manager-in-waiting for the Indians, you know, if, if something really goes south with with Terry Francona and he just can't manage anymore, I, I've often wondered, even before this season, if if Alomar is kind of like a manager in waiting for the Indians. Is that a crazy idea on my part? Oh no, no, uh, not at all. Alomar is one of those guys around the league that you know I think has quite the uh, quite a solid reputation. And, and a, a solid track record, a solid rapport with, with the players that he's worked with. Um, you know, as as mentioned, you know, if if the right situation comes along and Alomar chooses that he wants to jump on it, he will probably be a manager someday. Um, I, I think he could certainly step in if Tito eventually decides that he's uh, that he's done managing. I, yeah, the Indians are kind of holding. Uh, it's almost like having a, a great backup quarterback. And, yes. Uh, the Indians have Alomar as an option. Um, but they, they could certainly just promote from within, and I, I don't think any players or anyone in the organization would would bat an eye at that or or, or be upset with that in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, so, as Alomar showed over a, a very small sample, but over about a week and a half, he, the Indians can't have it covered. And uh, Alomar absolutely could be kind of the next heir apparent, uh, you know, whenever the Indians do have to hire uh, a new manager. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And I know Alomar's a huge fan favorite, and he certainly helped himself in terms of public perception with how the Indians handled their last extra inning game um, and, and how they won it and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Stock up on Sandy Alomar, but... 
um, whatever. Moving on, last topic, and we don't have to go too long here because we're starting to get on with it a little bit in terms of time, but... You know, any other year, 18 games into the season, we, we might not make a big issue of this, but the Indians are one of, if not the worst, offensive team in baseball. Uh, they have the worst batting average in baseball. It's .192 as we're recording this again on Wednesday. Somehow they have the fourth most walks, though, which is a weird um, dichotomy or whatever. They're scoring the second fewest runs in baseball, just over three, 3.33. You know, it's easier to look at the roster and, and pick out the guys who are doing okay or as expected than point out the guys who are doing poorly. I mean, Franmil Reyes is kind of giving the Indians what you'd expect. Carlos Santana's getting on base a ton, even though he's not uh, hitting very much. He's getting on base a lot because he's a walk master. Cesar Hernandez is, has seemingly been pretty good. And Ryan, that might be it. Jose Ramirez is doing all right. Um, how How is this Indians offense so bad? Because when you look at it on paper, it to me it seems it, like it should be pretty good. Yeah, I don't really look at it as nine individual circumstances um, you know, as opposed to simply a, a group issue. Um, I don't I don't really think it's ever as simple as that. Um, you know, as you mentioned, Cesar Hernandez has been terrific in the lead-up spot and probably one of the more valuable free agent signings around the league to date. Mm-hmm. Um, Jose Ramirez has, has been all right. Francisco Lindor has had a, a couple of nicer games, but, but also some struggles. And Carlos Santana, like you mentioned, has, for this sample size of 18 games, probably about as an as extreme of a realistic batting average and on base percentage is possible <laughs> right now. Um, you know, he, he's on pace. Well, at, as of the other night, uh, he was on pace for about 80 walks in, in a 60 game season. Um, but he's Crazy. also hitting below the Mendoza line. Right. Um, so it's this strange uh, and extreme just contrast between what he's done with the bat and what he's done with his eyes and his legs. And he's you know, credit to him that he hasn't you know, expanded that strike zone and he's, he's, Retained, um, you know that that batting eye um, that that he's known for. Fenway Reyes has started to come out of it a little bit, uh, which is a, a huge boost to the lineup. But you know, collectively, Santiago you know, Jr. has tried to, um, you know, three or four days ago, he was really trying to hit hard on the idea that you know, as long as each guy individually uh, can kind of maintain the the proper batting approach without getting frustrated, without getting anxious, without trying to jump at the first pitch. Um, you know, one one line that Alomar had is that, you know, he really wants guys to trust themselves with two strikes, that they can get deeper into counts, um, you know, without just feeling like it's a, a, a doomed situation. Um, and the Indians, for the most part, have been able to do that, where they've, you know, they've been seeing pitches and, and, and they've been talking, well, it's just the contact hasn't been there, um, you know, and they're they're caught between this this weird balance, like we mentioned before. It's only 18 games, and in a regular situation, the offense has been really bad through 18 games. But the Indians are 10 and 8, and there wouldn't really be that much panic. It would just be a situation of trying to figure it out. But now, even if it's the smart baseball decision to have some patience and to look at either younger players with a pedigree 
or veteran players with a track record and, and looking at those more so than this 18-game sample. And that's the smart decision, which it probably is, to allow guys to continue to work with the hitting coaches, allow guys to continue to try to figure this out. Even if that's the smart plan, that's what you should do. It's also possible that that can sink you in a 60-game season. And the fact that uh, you know they added three playoff spots is something that with the situation the Indians are in with their lineup, that could really uh, be a huge, huge, uh, you know, break for them, uh, especially with the, the landscape of the American League and you know, how things have kind of played out and how they're expected to play out. Those three extra spots could kind of be the Indian saving grace that maybe that gives just a little bit more room to try to allow guys to kind of figure it out, to get into the swing of things, because if they do and the rotation pitches anywhere close to the way that it has, they're in really good shape. It's just a matter of, you know, each guy individually kind of finding that swing. And, um, you know, timing is kind of the name of the game right now. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of have the same feeling of with the extra playoff teams, as long as the Indians kind of maintain what they've done, even though it's been a little hard to watch in terms of their offense, in the first third or so of the year, they're going to be a playoff team. So I I know everybody always wants to talk about trades and do you trade one of these starting pitchers that the Indians are so good at developing for for a hitter. But I, I don't know. Uh, while, while I would love to see them hitting more, obviously, I think anybody would. I, I think you're right on with maybe they just ride it out and, you know, see if as long as they're good to go by the playoff time and go from there. Right. Yeah, and it'll be, it'll be interesting if they're pushed into an uncomfortable situation of having to act. You know, the, the trade deadline is in a couple of weeks, yep. two, and a half, two and a half weeks from now or so. Um, so there, there's almost no time to try to figure that out. And, and we talked to Anton Hedy about it a little bit, and you know, he mentioned that it's, it's really difficult right now to kind of gather information on other players, especially if they're at the alternative camps. Um, and so it's, you know, teams may be pushed into a situation where they would normally never be. So this, this trade deadline is, there's so many variables to, to kind of go into that. Um, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a week or two, but yeah, patience versus urgency is just this weird balance and teams are kind of having to fill it out for themselves. Right. So, like Ryan said, we will talk about uh, the upcoming trade day deadline next time we record one of these. And uh, hopefully it's, you know, after a while here, no guarantees because we're in such a weird spot uh, with work right now. With You know, we've, we've been working from home, obviously, so it, it can be a little tricky. And Ryan doesn't have very many off days either, so... Uh, he had some time to join us today, so that's going to do it for leading off. So he can go get to work with his with his normal job here, covering the Indians for the Beacon Journal and Gannett. So again, you can find all of his stuff over at beaconjournal.com/indians. You can follow him on Twitter at by Ryan Lewis. Uh, a lot of great stuff this season so far, and I'm, I'm sure Ryan will keep at it. He's on a he's on a sprint just like the baseball team is. So. <laughs> Um, make sure you're checking out all his stuff. It's really great. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time.